Welcome back to Fleshing It Out. This shame series is all about sex. And I'm not going to lie, for me, it started out feeling awkward, but by the end, I think it was one of my favorites because it really goes to show how much we need to normalize conversations around this. And so in this series, we talk about everything from things being awkward to trauma to things you can do to spice it up. And so I encourage you to listen to all the episodes, but of course, be mindful for what's right for you. If anything is triggering, please seek out professional help. We also have some great VIPs on our website that can help starting to unpack a little bit of that. So you can find them on samanthaspittle.com slash VIPs. Today, I'm joined by Ashley Renard, author of the book Swing and the new workbook, Keeping It Hot. She is all about less shame, less blame, more joy, and more intimacy. And what I love about her is that she is honest and fun and is passionate about helping people rehab shabby marriages. And her book, Swing, gives an honest look at what we do when we are feeling a need for more in our life and the different places we go searching for it. And more importantly, what we find we truly need. And so I'm so grateful for her honesty, willingness to share, and amazing book. So join Ashley and I as we flesh it out. Then I read your book and I was like, this is everything because you talk about the sex stuff, but it's like bait and switch, which I joke about my platform is because I started because I shit my pants and that's what I was going to take to the grave. And then I started telling people and I wasn't the only one. And I was like, why? That's how it started with flushing it up. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Okay. So why? All right. I love this so much, Sam. It's like, and this is raw. This is why I wrote swing that I felt like this was my deepest, darkest secret that I couldn't tell anyone. And I was harboring so much shame over finding out that my marriage wasn't perfect. And the way in which I found out was like, I accidentally fell in love with another man I met at a sex club. Oops. It's like, where do you start with this story? Like, are there any humans on earth who I could actually tell this full story to? Mm. And I thought, no, there aren't. So I'm going to make myself write a book about it and tell everyone. And now here you are. It was like, you know, it's like Brene Brown. So I was like, shame can't live in the light. And I was just like, I'm just going to just take this thing that I think is the very worst thing about me. The very Mm -hmm. first worst thing I've done. Mm -hmm. And the thing that shows all of those awful character traits that I must have deep at my Mm -hmm. core, right? Just rotten. (laughs) Yes. And all the things. All the things. Um, but I had already lived it, healed from it, transformed from it. When I decided now I'm going to make this into art to share it. Yes. Cause that's the thing. It has to be processed or it just comes out like, blah, blah, blah. Oh, like, yeah. like you're being spewed upon. Yeah. Right. It has to have like, um, you know, there has to be like a little bit of separation, a little bit of like, just like, yes. um, you know, the, the artist's understanding that when someone else takes your thing that you've made, they're going to experience it in their own way. Yes. And that's okay. That's that's why you have to be at a place where I love the, um, the term that we share from a 
scar, not a wound. And I feel like that's what allows us to give it out and be like, here's my thing. This is what I learned from it, but you might get something totally different, but like, here you go. Absolutely. And I was going to say that too. We share our stories from the scars, not the wounds, because we have to make sure that, you know, there are always going to be, there's always going to be some feedback that doesn't feel good. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But luckily touch wood for me, that's like, I was five, mm -mm. uh like (laughs) 500, like 500 to one, at least a hundred to one, usually 500 to one. It's like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Slut. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And honestly, it's so rare. It's so rare. Um, but it says more about them though. Like I, so my like back, like coming into this conversation, I was like, you know, I read the book in one day and I was like, oh my gosh, where to even go? Because it is a joke amongst my friends. Like I've always said, I no dateline shit. That's like my thing. I don't like anything, anything, um, non-vanilla, like, you know, cause yeah. it's just, but that's why I'm freaking loving this series because with all these conversations, it started out with a podcast I actually listened to, which is we all have our own sex stories, right? Like, and instead of either trying to um, pathologize things or just accept everything, we, it's more important that we understand our stuff. So that like planted the seed. And then through these conversations, it's like, oh my gosh, the same theme in all areas of life is that it's not about you. Like, as I'm pointing at you, your story, it's like, it's all the stuff it's bringing up in me. Like, so, oh my gosh. So when I share my stuff, people are going to react to it based on theirs. And also on a side note too, I've also realized that because you're a brilliant writer and I just like, it's like listening to your best friend describe her stuff. So thank you. I realized like, oh my gosh, I have an issue with consent, um, Mm -hmm. lying, deception, predatory behavior. Like those are my issues. And it's like, because so much in the world is connected to sex stuff or dateline shit, as I would say. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I just feel like throughout this, I'm like unpacking my own stuff too. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. side note, thank you very much. Cause side note, you're welcome. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh. Um, So for today, I would love to know what you want to jump into because your book, and I say this in the best way possible, it's the best bait and switch I've ever read. Yes. Yes. Okay. Sam, thank you for that. It was, it was a purposeful bait and switch. So hi, everybody. Sam's talking about my book, Swing. And the first scene in that book is me waiting in line to use the bathroom at a sex party in New York City that was invite only. We had to send in headshots and a relationship bio to get on the damn guest list. And it looks like a casting call for The Bachelor. Like people are just gorgeous, okay? And so I'm there and I'm waiting to use the bathroom and I end up going into the bathroom with this kind gentleman in front of me because I really need to go. And this woman pushes past me into the women's room and he's like, just come in with me. And, and there's this thing okay. like that, that, you know, if you're at a sex club and someone says, especially a hot someone with a British accent says, Hey, you want to come with me? Like you may say yes. <sighs> so I go in to um, the bathroom and that's where, that's where it starts. Um, oh, and since we're in the bathroom, I'll tell you. And since, you know, we're, we're, we're flashing it out. Um, yeah. There was no toilet in the bathroom. There was no toilet in the bathroom. So 
this man I had just met helped me like prop up in this tiny New York bathroom, like spider climb position to pee in the urinal. There, there was a urinal. Um, so perfect. Yeah. And then I made out with him. But anyway, so that was the, the, the story. And then I leave the bathroom to go find my husband. But <laughs> the story is not really about sex clubs. The story is about how easy it is to lose yourself in the roles that you think mm-hmm. you should be playing for other people. And um, I'm not even talking about kinky role play. I'm talking about mm-hmm. being being a wife and being a mother and a daughter and um, a business owner. And I coached figure skating for 23 years. So I was coaching teams and teams and teams. Like at the time that all of this was going down in my marriage, oh, my organization, I just tripled the size of it. So it was um, 10 teams, 100, 150 skaters on 10 teams um, who I was showing up for every single day. And while I'm showing up for them, I'm realizing I haven't shown up for myself. Mm-hmm in a decade. Um, but all of us have those things that we're so good at, that we're so strong at, that really mask so much of our vulnerability, mask so many mm-hmm. of our needs for ourselves and others. But for me, this was a, in realizing, in, in, in putting myself in the situation where my marriage was imploding, I realized, oh, wow, like I do not have the stable foundation anywhere in my life that Mm. I thought maybe I had. Yes. And it's funny. um, I love how you walk through kind of those stories because I mean, hello, I mean, who doesn't love to just sit and listen to stories? So like that alone, Um, but your insights, like I, the first part of reading it, but then I'm like highlighting like crazy because all of your aha moments, I feel like that's the part that a lot of times we skip through. And I, you know, I grew up um, like sex in the city, you know, binging that with my girlfriends in college. Like we watch, you know, all the DVDs and that kind of, glamorized it and then kind of made light of it. And it's like, there's so much more underneath and Mm -hmm. it's just stuff we all deal with. And so I just loved that you addressed all of it. It it really, it really is. And okay. So all of us are looking to feel filled up Mm -hmm. all of us. And most of us have at least one or two ways that we do that. That's not that great for us right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's scrolling, whether it's shopping, whether it's food, whether Mm -hmm. it's alcohol, whether it's gambling, right? And in my story, I showed how 10 years into my marriage, 10 years and three Mm -hmm. kids into my marriage, um, really in a stressful situation at work. Um, So my husband's a stock trader and I coached figure skating and I'm like, if you ever want to guarantee yourself a stomach ulcer, like deal with like the stock market or figure skating parents, like either one. Right. And then you combine um, them and you have. Yeah. A lot. Y- we had a lot. Yeah. We yeah. had a lot. And, and I mean, you know, I, I go back in the book and tell, you know, how things were, things were tricky for us when our kids were really little too. And um, I kept thinking like, oh my gosh, there's so much like life is so much right now, but it'll get better, but it'll get better. Right. Mm -hmm. But it just, it it didn't get better, Sam. It just got more and more like 
more people, more responsibility, more, more, more to hold. So in, in the book, I show how, you know, after a decade or more of really trying to be self-sufficient, I find this kind of release or this out or this like channel, this, this, this um, pipeline of some validation through attention from other men. Cause we mm-hmm. start consensually, right. Going to lifestyle sex clubs, like mm-hmm. swing lifestyle, just for, just for like a fun time. Like yeah. we were like, Oh my God, we work so hard. What if we just let loose and just went to a club, just did our own thing, but like just for that atmosphere. Yeah. But right away, right away, I started getting some attention and, and that was something that was always lacking in my marriage mm-hmm. was affection was yeah. even I say in the book, like m- my husband, Manny had this joke where he would say, mm-hmm. I told you once that I loved you, unless mm-hmm. I tell you otherwise, assume I continue to love you. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. he like stuck to that. He like stuck to that. And I Firstborn child, straight A student, competitive figure skater. Like my parents put me on skates when I was two and a half, right? Like I don't even remember not knowing how to skate. Um, just reaching for the highest level of difficulty and not having to ask for help was like the mm. way I tried to make myself of value hmm. in the world. And it's funny, you see why we are attracted to people that kind of continue the narratives that we created when we are kids. Like you didn't quote me that validation because you are a naturally striving That's person. That's right. Naturally striving. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. need someone to tell me I'm pretty. Mm-hmm. I don't need to tell someone to tell me I'm smart. I don't need mm-hmm. to. I don't need. I don't need. I don't need. I'm the one who doesn't need anything. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who doesn't need anything. That's how I'm a good kid. That's Are you why in I'm my not therapy pain. session today? Right? <laughs> right. I'm the one that, I mean, that's like, we all, we all fulfill these different roles in our families and in our, you know, teams, organizations, but you know, so much of it goes back to family. And I was like, I'm the one who doesn't need anything. I'm the one who will never be a pain. I'm the one who will always have accomplishments. that will make you proud. I'm the one, I'm the one. Um, So then to get married to someone who just kind of matched that up with, you know, was a match Mm -hmm. and then to be going through life and just to, to feel like I need more Mm -hmm. of something. So I reach for another accomplishment. I reach for growing my business. Mm-hmm. I have another kid. I have a home birth. I homeschool. I mean, this was before pandemic too, like homeschooling on purpose. Yeah. Yes. Like before you chose that. You said something about what I, what I feel like resonated. There's so, like I said, there's so much that resonates, even if, like you said, we all reach for something. And so for you, it was this attention and going to these lifestyle clubs. There's so much goodness in the book that if that's not what someone's reaching for, and even just our conversation today, it's like you reach for something but there was something missing, like you said, with your husband. And you said, um, you talked about how you just filled it with like more relationships. He can't meet my needs. So I'm going to dig, I'm going to pour into these relationships. And as you just said, I'm going to achieve this and I'm going to do this. And so I feel like that's where there's so many women. That's the common bond I feel. And and men too, but especially women that Mm. you're feeling unfulfilled. But when we know that it's sex, money, and what's the other one? I don't know that we fight about like people, you know, those are the top common mm-hmm. things. It seems mm-hmm. logical that obviously if we're not fulfilled, these are the area we need to make more money. 
we need to improve our sex life. Yeah. You know, we don't think about all these other things like, mm-hmm. oh, I need more just maybe attention or validation or connection with my spouse, but that's not on the table. So we just need to fix sex. Yeah, absolutely. And so that brings me to where, how my platform has grown and how the community that I've magnetized to myself and just all of this has grown and shifted since Swing was published. So Mm -hmm. I started making a few months before the book came out, I made a video that was called um, How to Keep Monogamy Hot Part One. Sam, I didn't even know what part two was going to be, but I did part one. Yes. And I was like, decide what time of the day you want to have sex. Like for in our house, like night times are for sleeping and mornings are for coffee. And then it had like my, that video was like me, like this morning face. I was like, hi, hi. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's like, oh yeah. That sleepy face. We all know that sleepy face. We wake up and we're like, who is, who is that? What is this? So sleepy. (laughs) Right. Um, the reaction was incredible, incredible to the point now where I like my videos get like seven to 8 million views a week. Yes. Like it's just, it's, it's wild. It's wild. Because it's something that like, Mm -hmm. this is the whole thing. I went into the sex series, like kind of like, you know, tippy toeing, like, uh, I'm, eh. I mean, amongst some of my friends, I'm the out there one talking to, yeah, that talks about crazy stuff, but like, this is scary. But the thing is every couple, this is a huge part of life and your video. I mean, I said, I started following you because like how to keep monogamy hot. Like, yes. How to, because when you were in college and meeting people and it's like, it's new, it's fresh, it's exciting. And then, but we come and when we talked about this in some other episodes, you just get to a place like, this is my life now. You know, I'm a mom. I, you know, and then like I said, we all have our sex stuff. So it's like, well, I don't want to do this or that. So we're just ho-hum, check the block. And it's like, your life doesn't have to be ho-hum. You can have a fulfilled marriage. You can have like emotionally, physically it's possible and sex can be a good thing. And that's why it's so weird because it's something that, you know, especially if you come from a faith background and stuff that, that there's so much shame with it, but your, the views that you get, it's such proof. Like Guys, people want to have not only sex, they want to have good sex. Like they want everybody wants to have okay. We we have our asexual friends and things. Okay, okay. Everyone who likes sex wants to have great sex. Okay. And in a relationship, in a committed intimate partnership, especially if it's an exclusive, you know, exclusive Mm -hmm. like marriage, can we have good sex? Like it's like really high up there on the list Mm -hmm. of like. Yes, mm. please. Shooting star. Could you give that to me? Okay. Mm-hmm. So here's the, the thing with my videos. I think this comes from, I think this comes from coaching adolescence for so long. Okay. Mm-hmm. My videos in 30 seconds can disarm someone. So mm-hmm. they feel like, oh, this is as comfortable as like talking about the weather. Yes. I can, I can introduce something at, in a way that maybe they haven't heard it before. So they're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. Can I could consider that. And then at the end, I drop them exactly where it, I always know what action I want them to take mm. at the end of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, whether I want them to send it to their spouse 
Mm. That is how my content gets shared, Sam. Hardly anybody mm. shares my stuff to their feed or their stories or anything. It's all private messages. It's all one-to-one, one-to-one, one-to-one. People share my videos with their partner, mm-hmm. men and women back and forth. And because I built a career for 23 years, convincing adolescents to do what I said, mm-hmm. I'm really good at helping people feel like they're on the same team. So when people see the video, there's this like disarming nature, like, oh, even if them and their partner have been having this same fight about sex for months or years, they're like, mm-hmm. I feel like I could send this video that I just found yes. to my partner. And then they have some common ground because it's not like you're right, you're wrong. It's like, have you considered looking at it this way? Huh, this this can be boring. What about this? So, uh, you know, and right in my bio, it says rehab to shabby marriage, right? So it's like, right from the beginning, people know I'm not like hashtag marriage goals in it, like all over Mm -hmm. social media. It's like Mm -hmm. marriage is a freaking setup. Like, can Mm -hmm. you believe it? We do. (laughs) Now, what do we do? And there's this recurring, there's a recurring joke that I do in my stories when I'm working here and like Manny brings me food or something. I'll like, yeah. I'll take a picture of like the lunch he made me and I'll be like, oh my God, I love this guy. I can barely remember why I wanted to divorce him for so long. Like mm-hmm. barely remember. Right. But so real that you were there. Like, that's why it's so hopeful. I think for women to hear, because especially if, if we're talking about sex, like it's so intimate. So if you are wanting to divorce someone, if you're super unhappy in your marriage to think from going to that, and and of course it being said, we're not talking about abuse or anything like that. That's a total, you know, like you said, consenting to know it's possible to move to that place is so encouraging. So for, for you, like you said, you have your, how to keep monogamy hot. I feel like that right there, like you said, it's so disarming because I think when we start talking about sex and that's why your book is just brilliant is you think you have to go down these roads like, Oh, well, if we're going to keep it hot, we need to do X, Y, Z. We need to go here. We need to go there. So I feel like as, because we're instant friends, I'm like, thank you, girlfriend. Thank you for going down that road for me, knowing that it's something that like I couldn't venture to because of my stuff. So thank you for doing it for me and sharing it with me (laughs) on the life lessons that come from it. And if that's for someone more power to them, like, yeah. And so I feel like you are shining the light on, you know, thinking that the answer lot was here, but really yeah. finding it over here. So yeah. How, like, how did you go to that? And like now keeping monogamy hot. So women listening, like, yes, I would like to keep monogamy hot or it's cold and I want to get it hot. So here's the really, here's the really funny thing that happened when swing came out. So many men have read it, Sam, like so many men. Okay. And 80% of my emails and my DMS on social media are from men, men. And I can see it on your face. You're like, I know. wait, what? Like, what? No, no, no. So I know your audience, maybe mostly women or whatever. Cause you're saying like women, women, yeah. it's so interesting to me. I wrote a book about how miserable I was in mm-hmm. my marriage to a man. Yeah. And I wrote it in a way that men and women are both going, 
Yeah, that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are in the men way, connecting to you or your husband or to you? That's how they feel. Me. They're yes. connecting to me or they're seeing, they're finally hearing something that their wife has been saying to them that yes. they get now. So yes. that's what happens in my DMs a lot. There's a lot of times when people slide into my DMs. Yeah, they are. Um, so it's funny. I make videos about sex. Everybody wants to talk about feelings. Everybody in my DMs wants to talk about feelings. Okay. So mm-hmm. a, a man will come into my DMs and I swear, like, it is like the behavior and the, the graciousness of these people is exemplary. It's amazing. Like the, the, just feel so lucky. Just because people, a lot of they walk around so with so much that to have a safe person to be like, oh my gosh, finally someone I can talk to about this. Right. And I had a guy message me yesterday and he was like, this may not be a compliment, but I just want to tell you, you're like a cool sister who gives really good advice. Who's like, yes. really. and I was like, yep. that's exactly how I explain it to people that I give mm-hmm. off like this big sister energy. So when people come into my direct messages, they're, they're not creeping on me. They're like, mm-hmm. oh my God, thank you so much for your video. I yes. I saw this one that I binged them and I I finally understand like what I needed to do mm-hmm. to have more intimacy with my partner. Or, oh, I finally heard, or, oh, I realized that like, you know, I, I, there's this lot, there's this like light bulb moment. Yes. This light bulb moment. And I don't know if you noticed Sam, but in my videos, I don't even say he, she, man, woman. I don't mm-hmm. even say, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm just like you and your partner, you and your partner. Yeah. And then just people fill in the blanks themselves. Mm-hmm. So when men are watching it, they, yep. they, they feel like I'm getting their perspective too. Yes. Um, so that's one of the reasons that I wrote keeping it hot, the workbook, which comes out on June 14th. Yes. Because people were like, well, my, my newsletter is super popular. I have 25,000 people on my, on my email list and a paid newsletter too. I mean, just people are like hungry for more. Once they mm-hmm. find one of my videos, this is what usually happens. Yes. <laughs> if someone likes a video, then every like 30 seconds for the next 20 minutes, they like another video, <laughs> then they follow me. And then someone with the same last name follows me. Mm-hmm. That's usually what, <laughs> what happens. Mm-hmm. They just want more. There's just like, you know, they just want to be like, oh yeah, we can talk about this. It doesn't have to be full of shame or awkwardness or embarrassment that we do. A lot of people think if you marry the right person, sex should just automatically be good. They think everything should be good. The sex, the finances, the everything, everything struggles, everything. And for a lot of shame, for a lot of years, I felt shame that, oh, well, if I'm not getting the affection that I want, and that I realize I need, and mm-hmm. that I realize it's okay for me to need that. I'm not like, uh, just, I, I just put so much of my worth in my, in my independence and my self-sufficiency Yeah, that needing anything just made me feel just, oh. I could intolerable. Yeah. Mine um, is um, help uh, managing everyone else's feelings. That is yeah. what I am like my journey is like, I am not responsible for everyone's feelings. And I've put all my worth into you can do that. You can make everybody feel fine. Yes. Yeah. 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 Which is really just codependency. It's like mm-hmm. codependency expert, A plus codependency yeah. Olympics. There we are. Hi, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, up on the podium. Um, yeah. So people come in asking about, want to talk about feelings and they just want like a, like a roadmap. 
because yes. so many, so many things. I mean, it's just, listen, so many of us didn't see our parents um, exercise like great communication in front of mm-hmm. us. Or if we did, we didn't see them talk about money. We certainly yeah. didn't hear them talk about sex. So it's like, where do you get this information from people? Yep. Right. Um, so just creating this space. And I, I ask my audience a lot of questions in my stories. And then I share the responses, share the responses. Yeah. And like 10,000 people come to my stories every night just to just to see what everybody's talking. Yeah. Yep. To know right? what's going on. Yeah. To just give people that, to just mm-hmm. give people that space to just share, share how they're mm-hmm. feeling. Um, and it's pretty fantastic. It's pretty fantastic as like um, a needy person in denial to mm. create a space where other needy emotional people can go like, I need a little something, you know, and more people can support each other. It's so true. But the thing is, is that when I heard that you were doing the workbook, it made sense because because of my journey of like, you showed up on my radar. I follow, I was like, oh, okay, here's some tips. This isn't anything too, you know, risk, new risque, you know, so it's in my comfort zone. Um, so like for the listeners, cause if they don't follow you yet, like you talk about the blanket on the bed. So if you make your bed every day, people, which apparently us adults should do, even though I am not one of those adults, um, yeah. you put your blanket on it and then yeah, you can we have do a, it. We have a dedicated intimacy bed covering. We actually have two call it a sex blanket, just a huge, like cotton tight weave, lightweight blanket. And that way, and we throw it over the bed before we have sex. That way the sheets stay clean. We love using lube and body oil. This is something like new during the pandemic that we'd never used before. Um, and I talk about mm-hmm. my favorite brand and everything too, but um, then you can just like lube right up and mm-hmm. it doesn't stain anything. It just like adds to the sensation, adds to the fun yes. of it, uh, makes it like sort of like an event, like you're throwing out a picnic blanket. You know what I mean? Um, yep. Yeah. And, and toys, just like easy electronics to incorporate. Hey, my, like, you know, my must haves for quickies, right? Mm-hmm. Like how to make a quickie. Cause sometimes you just want it to be fast and like, you don't yeah. have to apologize for just wanting it to be fast. Exactly. Right. And that's why, so it's funny because that's like, I feel like the tier one is these are tips to actually start getting it done. If it feels like you have these barriers but you talk about it in the book. And I think I've even seen you talk about it um, on social media. I, I know you have, cause I recognized it in the book. Is it the 12 hugs a day that your yeah. therapist had recommended? Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff when I say the bait and switch, because the thing is, is it's like sex is part of it. And like these tips are huge and needed, but it's like, it's also those 12 hugs a day. It's also the connecting emotionally with your partner and okay. saying what your needs so are. Let me tell you, let me tell you the first exercise in the workbook is an iceberg. And what I say is hot sex is just the tip of the iceberg. It's mm-hmm. like the part you see, it's the part like, ants happening, not happening. But underneath you have to feel comfortable in your body. You have to feel comfortable, loving sex. Like you have to know it is okay for, for, for someone like me to like sex. Mm -hmm. You have to, you have to know, okay, I, I feel comfortable in like only having the family size that I want. Like, you know, like have you're you're basically saying we have to work all of our shit out. You have to have all of this shit worked out. And if, Hot sex is a side effect of a healthy relationship, but, and also we can tip that iceberg on its side and it Mm. has been 
two people saying, okay, let's make sex better for thousands and thousands and thousands of the couples in my community. It's been a doorway in to then saying, okay, (sighs) okay, but we don't share responsibilities really well in this house. We don't. I, in order to be more in the mood, honestly, like clean this damn house because I can't do it all the time. I need more support here. I need actually, you know what? I need your support in, in me giving an ultimatum to my boss that if I don't get more time off or more money, I can't work at that job anymore. I need to be better taken care of and better fulfilled in all these places in order to, Mm. to naturally feel filled up and Mm. ready to say, yep, my body deserves pleasure. Yeah. I deserve joy. Yeah. I deserve Mm -hmm. this connection with someone I love. So it's, it's, really a side effect, but we can, we can take it and like, take it like as an entry point into then figuring out all these other areas where we really want our communication and our connection mm-hmm. to be better. I love that idea of the iceberg on the side. I hadn't, I've never, that's like a new thought for me. And it's funny because the common theme I'm seeing in this whole series, and you said it in your book. Um, and actually a friend of mine just said it to me as well, that in all this, all the sex stuff is communication. It all is communication. If you want to explore, if you want to experiment, whether it's, you know, all the things, lube, toys, all the things that people like, oh, it might make you uncomfortable. So you have to talk about it. Then you talk about in your book too, about that, the, the lifestyle clubs, those were like the most emotionally healthy places you had been where people actually understand consent. That I think for me is why it was such like, oh, I've got issues with as I said, dateline stuff, but it's like, oh, it's not that I have issues with consent. Like, oh, okay. Like these are the things that when couples talk about it, it's so much healthier. Absolutely. And that's what I want. And that's why I was willing to tell the story of my incredibly complicated marriage and feeling so feeling so unhappy. And I say in the book, like in my lovely looking life, because I felt bad that I even felt unhappy. That is the reason I had to write Swing. Yes. Um, Two reasons, two reasons. One, I couldn't believe we lived that crazy ass story and came out in a way better place. Yes. I was like, this this has got to be a book. Actually, Sam, I started writing it as a screenplay because I thought there's no way I can ever, ever admit that this happened. This was you. Yeah. So I started writing it. I got half. First of all, I taught myself how to write a screenplay. Did you know that screenplays are only one page per minute of movie? So like a standard screenplay would be like 90 to 100 pages. And I thought I can write 90 to 100 pages. Yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I got halfway through and then I stopped and I put it away. And my husband, Manny, kept saying, babe, your movie. Why, why didn't you finish your movie? Anytime he would watch a movie, anytime mm. we would see a trailer, he's like, mm-hmm. none of these are as funny as your movie. You need to finish it. Yeah. It's like, I know, but I'm, I'm not right now. So I just don't, I just don't know why. And of course, like any self-deprecating perfectionist, I was like, what is wrong with you that you can't fit? Okay. Yeah. The reason but I you worked through that. <laughs> yeah. The reason I couldn't finish it is because I had started sharing just a little bit of my writing online. Like, mm-hmm. so just dipping my toe in to like, maybe marriage is hard. <laughs> right? <laughs> just kidding. It's so great. We're fine. Yeah. Everything's great. <laughs> yeah, everything's fine. 
like monogamy's hard. Oh wait, did I say that out loud? <laughs> anyway, I was like, and when I would post it, I'd be like, oh my God, like the sky is going to fall. The sky didn't fall. I would get like tons of messages being like, oh my God, yes, yes. Marriage, what the hell? Like, I'd like to speak to the manager, like the one who decided on marriage. Like, yes. what? <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm not the only one. Okay, 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 mm-hmm. okay, okay, okay. Um, and then I knew that some people would really see themselves in the story and would find comfort in knowing it really happened. Yes. And they would want to put a face to the story and go, she got through it. She got through it. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. And you know what I did, Sam, when I was still searching for a literary agent, um, I was okay. First of all, a few things. I was like banking, banking, banking on, I'm going to get a literary agent. I'm going to get like a big five publisher, like random house or something. And then I'll know that I have permission to tell this story. Mm-hmm. And I could feel that in myself. And I had yeah. left figure skating, left coaching. And I was like, I am going to play by new rules now because I've already mm-hmm. done it that way for so long. And I know what it's like to go like, judges, do you like me yet? Do you like me yet? What about now? Okay. So I was like, you know yeah. what? No. No, I need to like trickster all of this and like mm-hmm. put myself in a different situation. I'm not doing life the same way. Yeah. And I did it well. I did it well that way, but I was like, but I run myself into the ground mm-hmm. and I always am left wanting, wanting, wanting more or like not being able to reach my goals. So I was like, no, this yeah. isn't the right. We need to shift this paradigm. So when I was still searching for an agent, um, I put a call out on social media. Hey, my book is done. Um, this is like fall of 2019. Yeah. My book is done. Um, if you share any of my social media posts this week, I will send you the first chapter and I'll pick one person at the end of the week and I'll send them the whole book. The word spread so quickly from people who had read the first chapter or read the whole book within two weeks, I'd sent out 425 copies of the whole book. Just the email, email in like the word document. Okay. It spread so quickly and people were like, oh my God, yes. Oh my God, yes, yes. And then all of these, I still have albums full of mm. screenshots from responses from people. Yeah. And this is what I tell other writers because I coach other writers and business owners on social media. Someone can tell you your book is great. You can't believe them. You cannot say, yes, my book is great unless someone else reaches out and is like, so-and-so told me your book was great. And I read it because they told me I had to re- write it. Okay. Get that? Because mm-hmm. like someone yeah. may say to you, I loved your book. Yeah. I loved your book. But unless but- they turn to a friend, just like I was saying, my posts are shared one-to-one. That's yeah. how my, that's how my book was shared too. Yeah. Um, so I sent it out to all of these people because I was like, you know what? I need to let the cat out of the bag. I need to say, this is my story. This is what happened to me. I'm allowed to tell this, even if an agent never signs me. Mm-hmm. A few months later, I had two agent offers. But anyway, um, but I had to just like, I had to just pull the plug on like that old programming, like that yeah. old conditioning that I could just autopilot yeah. through. And the validation, like without waiting for others to validate that your story is worthy. That Right. So, mm-hmm. and that, so... And sometimes after I stopped, so I stopped sending it out then after like 425, because I was like, oh, am I going to like get in trouble with an agent or an editor now? Like, oh, 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 put the cap back. Put put it back. Stuff it. (laughs) Stuff it back in. I even did book club discussions, everything. Okay. 
But then anytime someone would show up in my DMs in crisis, and I don't mean like crisis, like they should call 911 or like, you yeah. know, suicide hotline, but they would be like, I signed divorce papers yesterday, mm. but I don't know if I want to file them. I would say, give me your email address. Mm. Just give me your email address. And I would just send them the book. Mm-hmm. And now I have dozens and dozens and dozens of mm. couples who they saw one of my, you know, one of them saw one of my videos, like, and they were like, like, it's like, like they're Hail Mary. They were like, I don't, I don't know what so we what can do. So what do you, like this, I know I'm asking this and there is not one answer. Humor me. Look, what do you think it is? Like, so it's the Hail Mary. It's the Hail Mary. So we've already established that it's the book is about swing. You talk about your visiting, um, you know, lifestyle sex clubs and there's- I say- I say we're the world's worst attempted swingers because we didn't actually like seal the deal at all. (laughs) Right. It was just like, it was was like like a mystery reading it. Like what is going to happen? What is is happening? Right. I know. And it's just like epic fail, epic fail. Well, that was sexy, but epic fail. I think that's part of part of the appeal, part of why people resonate Mm -hmm. with the book. It was like, set out like, like guns blazing, like on this path. And it was mm-hmm. like, Oh, mess up, mess up embarrassment, ringworm on her ass. Like all these, like really, really embarrassing. So many things, good stories. So many, right? stories. so many embarrassing things. So I think people were like, Oh, whatever I feel embarrassed about isn't, isn't that bad or it mm-hmm. matches whatever. Right. It's not like an embarrassment competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes. in the story, I just, talked so I just I just wrote so honestly yeah about how I really felt like mm-hmm. remember Sam like so for people who haven't read it yet when our second we have three kids when our second mm-hmm. was born my husband Manny started getting this he had this pain in the middle of his back like mm-hmm. right in the mm-hmm. middle of his thoracic spine terrible 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 turns out he has a tumor in his spine and we have to go for these tests to see like what, what the hell it is right mm-hmm. And in the book, I tell him years later that when we found out he had the tumor, my first thought was, oh my God, what if he dies? Mm-hmm. And my second thought was, oh my God, what if, what if he dies? And then I would actually be free to have a fulfilling marriage. Like I, I thought in this lifetime, I just wasn't going to get that. I wasn't going to get like that. I, mm-hmm. you know, that wasn't, that wasn't the hand I was dealt, mm-hmm. but, and I'm just going to ride it out. I think that is so many women. Cause I remember that part <sighs> and my husband and I, we've shared some of our stuff and we're walking, you know, we've been walking through a lot and, you know, we have gone through some really hard stuff, stuff I would not have chosen. Um, the opposite of a sexy, um, memoir to write. However, and I, and I'm, I'm, pretty sure that I would say you might agree. Like I wouldn't change it though, because to get where we are now to have, and that's why reading like all the talk, you know, you talked about your therapist and the ahas you were having. It was like, this is what people need to know. Like, we think we go to fix the problem. You said something I like was writing these notes quick before we started. Um, When you were talking about the people you were around and what you guys kind of 
going into this were thinking you were. Um, everyone presented themselves as entering the subculture because their relationship was solid and they were open-minded. They weren't there because something was missing, but rather because they were open to experiencing more than what is allowed in mainstream partnerships. If you are there, you, um, you're there professing that your mindset of abundance is so much more fun and sexiness to go around, not your fear of scarcity. And like I said, totally different, but it's like, I could see myself like, no, we're great. We're, we're good. We're going to, I mean, I'm starting a podcast on how to help people. And then it's like, oh, this is a great opportunity to really dig deep, but I don't regret it. You know, I don't. Yeah. And so for you reading your stuff, it's like, I'm wondering if people, you know, that are at that point where it's that Hail Mary, if hearing someone's the true feelings and having that safety, because the other thing you said, you actually started it in the beginning of the book. You talked about confessing to your husband that maybe that you're a um, reluctant monogamous and you thought it was going to be this huge conversation with him. And he was kind of like, yeah, isn't everyone like, yeah, he's like, no one would pick monogamy if like they really had a choice. Like we don't really yeah. have a choice in our society. So like no one would pick it. Yeah. Did. Like why, why are we? And then, you know, you guys go through all this stuff. And it's like, you end up talking and I, I'm wondering now, it's like, I look at what my husband and I have been through and it's like, to have gone through what we've gone through and to be able to have the conversations we have now, which is 100% honesty. Like there is no reservate. Like that's the best thing about when your life, <laughs> when you just do all the shit, whether it's by choice, it happens for you to all of it. There is such a gift of just, you have nothing to lose. You can talk about all the things and I'm wondering if people like, maybe that's part of what it is with you, you and your platform and your community. And like what we can share with listeners now is it's like, you guys, you don't have to wait till this stuff happens. You don't have to wait for things to implode. You don't have to try going down this rabbit hole or, you know, trying these things. It's like, we're all learning, getting to this place of radical honesty. And when we... <laughs> If we want to get to a place of radical connection, we have to go through the valley of honesty. And it's fucking awkward there. And it's messy. Super and you're awkward. just not going to get it. There's no way to get it right. Mm -hmm. So because this is this is the shift in my thinking I had to mm. adopt to, to, to even still be here, honestly, yeah. to like really, really, really um, was like, I thought only thing the only thing that was ever good enough was something that was flawless. Thank you. Mm. Figure skating. Thank you. My conditioning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Flawless is the only way to be good. Mm -hmm. So anytime there was something that was lacking in my life or in my marriage or in anything, I was mm -hmm. like, Oh, how do I gloss that over? Sometimes I might go like, hey, do you think we can make that a little bit? Hey, do you think maybe we can make that a little better? Yeah. No? Okay, well, then nope. we'll just pretend then it I'll just make it work. I'll make well, it work. <laughs> like, have you ever heard that? <laughs> have you ever heard of the expression? I think it's a British expression. Polishing a turd doesn't work. Still stinks. Like it still, still stinks. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't <laughs> so, matter. Um, so this, this idea that like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's good or better. It's good or better, especially mm -hmm. with fucking social media. Okay, whatever. Um, good or better, good or better. Like that's mm -hmm. the only way to succeed, yes. right? And then when everyone's like, your challenges make you stronger, everyone's like, yeah, that's nice. But no, what, like, 
until you live through it and come out the other side. And I am so grateful mm. for storytellers who came before me and storytellers yeah. who come every day to go like, here's my messy story and here's how I made meaning of it, yeah. right? Um, until you do that, and this is this is a message I get quite often from people mm. is like, if if you've been cheated on, if you've mm-hmm. cheated, if this has happened, if that's happened, if there's been any sort of breach, fracture, fracture, yeah. fracture in your relationship and you decide to stay together and work through it, not just stay together, mm-hmm. period, stay oh, yeah. together and work through it. Cause like, those are two completely different things, right? Correct. On the other side, and it never really stops on the other side, you just keeps going. Right. But on the other side of that fracture of that crisis is like, you're not scared about not being perfect anymore. Mm -hmm. It's already shattered. You might be scared of other shit, but Oh mm, yeah. Being like a fake and, you know, not actually being Mm -hmm. able to execute on any of the things you're good at and having your whole life fall apart and being miserable and looking at your kids and going, I am such a shit for being miserable when I have these lovely children, you know, mm-hmm. all of like that shame um, yeah. that shouldn't be shameful because like mental health, hello, is, is, is a thing we need to take care of. Yeah. Um, what, once you can drop that fear of not being flawless, mm-hmm. life is so much better. And I can love my kids so much better because the only way, the only mm-hmm. way I can allow them to be whole, amazing, yeah. annoying, unique humans is if I let myself do the same. Yes. That's and it. that's how, and that's the, that's the key. Cause you just said, how do I love them? Cause so many women and, and dads too, I want to give credit to men too. And, and, and however anyone, you know, I think parents, cause it's however parents, we want so much to let our kids be who they are and embrace, you know, all their quirks and everything. But once again, this goes back to what we talked about before of how much we're projecting, you know, our own stuff on people. And so it's like, if we're trying to hold it together and to look perfect and to have our families look perfect, then of course we're projecting that on our kids. And so that's why there is, I think this gift in like the fracture. I love how you said that the fracture, because it's like, once that's gone. And I think so many people are walking around with that, not realizing. And that's, what's so hard about when you do share things publicly, you, you, like you said, it's that one in a hundred or one in 500, it comes back because it's all people with their own unprocessed stuff coming back at you. And so I think there is just such a comfort in knowing that, you know, you're not alone with whatever it is you're walking through and, you know, there's hope on the other side. I think that's why your tagline of like how to rehab a shabby marriage, just, I think people see the sex stuff, sex draws us in, you know, that's why this, I have a feeling this series will be very highly, you know, listened to because that's, it's fun, but it's like, you guys though, it's like, oh, it's all part of it though. It's all, all the stuff is here. It is. It's all part of it. And I think that something that comes up a lot in, um, my, my messages and my emails from people is, um, you know, there's this thing about sex that even makes it different than money that like, mm-hmm. cause you have to come together, like at the same time to do, to do the thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And to come together, to pause the other things you're doing, you need to know, like the sky will not fall. You need to know that like, oh yes, actually my work can be done for the day. You Mm -hmm. have to know, oh, I'm 
my body is worthy of pleasure and my body craves mm-hmm. pleasure, even if I've mm-hmm. pushed down that craving in myself mm-hmm. for so long. And I talk about in the book, you know, growing up in figure skating, weird, weird body dysmorphia and food mm-hmm. control things. You know, for at least a decade of my life, I hated myself for being hungry. Mm. So when mm-hmm. we are like limiting our enjoyment and our like our, our bodily sensations that say, oh, I want that, mm-hmm. but then we have to just turn it on over here. Like so many parts, so many parts oh, yeah. of life train us out of that. Like, oh yeah, oh, yeah. I want to relax. Oh yeah. I want to feel good in my body. I want to feel yeah. pleasure. I want someone to serve me. I want, you know, like yeah. it's just all of, there are all of these things in our conditioning that just make yeah. then like letting loose in the bedroom a well, little tricky. Oh yeah. And as you were saying that, I was thinking, well, that's, you know, when we talk about purity culture and not even the far end of purity culture, just wanting to make uh, safe decisions and not, you know, just be put in positions that we are uncomfortable with and things like that. It's like, so I think that, you know, especially teenagers, you look at hormones are naturally ramping up, but that all the messages are no, 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 bad, bad, bad. And so you spend so much time. I just, when you said that about the food, it's like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what sexual desire does. It's where, you know, oh, you don't want to be the sex crazed person, or you don't want to be partaking in these activities. So obviously the solution, I mean, for me, I've, we've talked about this, like because of all the shit that gets brought up because of sex stuff and like the triggers, it's like, I'm just going to put this in a box. Like this is all, it's all bad. It's all bad. It's just easier to make all this stuff bad and put it in a box. It's like turning down that dial on like, do, do Mm -hmm. I have desire? Nope. Mute. So much easier just to, no, I'm just tuning up. And then it's like, well, all right, then what? would you initiate with your partner? Would you think, mm-hmm. oh, I want oh, an orgasm. I feel so yeah. good right now. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. But it's like, yeah. it's like our bodies tell us, and that's like in the book when, when I was finally ready to change, like how I was taking care of myself Yeah. and a coach instructed me, like, take, take one small doable thing each day that you're going to do for yourself. And I decided, oh, when I feel like I need to go pee, I'm going to just go pee. Okay. Mm-hmm. And people always laugh about this because how, how, how long do you hold it for every day? Cause people are like, mm-hmm. I'll just put another load of laundry. I'll just go pick up yeah. this kid, drive them back. I'll just make yeah. it. Right. No, no. I was like, no, no, no. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Stop and yep. go pee. I call it the life-changing magic of peeing when you need to pee. Um, I did that by the way. That's when I read that, I was like, I started doing that on road trips. Cause I used to be like, I pee when I get gas, like one time. And now when I have to pee, if I'm on a road trip, I pull off the interstate and I go pee. Cause I'm over it. I'm over, You're over it. There's no like, okay. Right. Okay. Like, let's just talk about pee for another minute here. Okay. Yes. Because there's this like toughness, this resilience that you're trying to prove to your bladder. Like who are, what? I'm in charge of now bladder. I, oh, oh, you're <laughs> not going to get you. you. You're not going to get your way. Okay. So, but for me, I wanted to tune into my intuition. 
Mm-hmm. I wanted to tap into my inner knowing. I was like, divine, work through mm-hmm. me, give me all the answers. And it was like, go pee. No, I'm ignoring nope. that. I need nope. something Next. bigger. Next. Something more. Next. So I was like, you know what? If you cannot, I call, I call it our little meat suits, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're all here. We're custodians of a meat suit each lifetime. All right. So I got this one. Her name's Ashley. She's got good hair. <laughs> She's really needy. Okay. But anyway, um, she, if I can't go, oh, she needs to pee. Oh, she's hungry. She's thirsty. Time for bed. Mm-hmm. You know what? I can't be responsible. I, I can't, I can't be trusted with anything else. I can't be trusted with anything else. Like really basically just, just say you're living on autopilot because you, when something is off and maybe we should go get a blood test or a scan, mm-hmm. your body is telling you, telling you, telling you, telling you, telling you something's off. Yeah. Right. But if we're just like, ah, no, sorry, I'm making the decisions here. I don't care. I don't care what you say mm-hmm. or like what cues you have for me. So mm. how then, how then do we know what we like in bed? Mm. How do we know how we like our partner to touch us in the kitchen when they come up behind us? Mm-hmm. How do we know what we mm. know if mm-hmm. we won't even listen to the simplest things? Hmm. I was just thinking about with the intuition and kind of women or, and people, you know, people listening, listening to their bodies and how we're just so programmed, as you said, to, to just push through. And some women were talking about, you know, divorce, the, the podcast series, it was, it was on divorce and a lot of them, you know, it was from their perspective. And so they had found, you know, stuff had come out and they talked about a couple of them talked about they had no idea until basically shit hit the fan and all of a sudden, but when they sat with it, obviously did therapy, once they got real honest, it was like, oh yeah, there was stuff, but I just kind of kept pushing it aside. And I feel like, you know, start listening to your body peeing and you know, there's just, and I know from my own life, like stuff, like I know logically the right answer. Cause of course, when you are a perfectionist, but I'm going to let this thing slide. I'm going to just like tuck this here. And if I don't address it, and that's why I think two sex is so interesting because what we've talked about is kind of the lack of good sex and needing to improve it. But I think there's also that opposite end of the pendulum where there's people who have good sex, but not a good relationship there. Well, you know, and that's where we were even yeah. in, even in the decade that we were so disconnected, we always yeah. had great sex. Mm-hmm. Always. One of the reasons was, cause I knew that was a surefire way to get connection. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is one of the reasons why I know I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing with like my content and my writing and things like that. Yeah. My favorite way to spend an afternoon as an 11 year old was to corner one of my friend's moms and sit them down at the table and like ask them their opinions on all the different kinds of birth control that were available. Oh, oh yeah. Thought it was the best, that one coming. Interesting. The, best, the best time ever. So, mm. and I thought everybody liked the Sam, but then I was at my mm-hmm. 20 year high school reunion and my friend Jamie's like, 
Ashley, do you remember when you used to sit down my mom and ask her like, what's better, like condoms or the pill? And Ma- Ashley, do you, do you know how Catholic she is? Like, do you know how Catholic she was then and how Catholic she still is? Like, that was so embarrassing. And I was like, I thought everybody was having a great time. I thought, because the moms would like answer, right? Yes. Because I'd be like, I'd ask questions. So they would try to answer honestly, yes. right? Because I was, I was eager and I was like really wanting to know, but I, I never, I never had a hang up about sex. Yeah. I never did um, until we went through all this in our marriage. And then I felt so, I felt so ashamed that I mm-hmm. wasn't just fucking grateful for my life. Mm-hmm. Right. I just felt so ashamed for just needing more than I had, like just needing Yeah. that then, then I was like, oh, and maybe I'm a dirty whore and this and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Then it was just like the shame shitstorm. Yeah. And I was alone in that. Like almost no one in my life knew. And I was mm-hmm. alone and it was dark and I was alone and it was dark. And I was just like, what do I do? What yeah. do I do? What do I do? And then therapy and work, just like really pulling back my energy into myself, even yeah. pulling it away from my kids and my husband and being like, wait, yeah, we got to make mama better here. Like, what are yep. we going to do? And then when I started coming out the other side, I was like, oh, this is what I need. And I can actually feel confident in saying, this is actually what I want in our marriage. Mm -hmm. I don't really think we can do it because we've never been able to do it. But like, this is what I want for me and for our kids. And, you know, that's, I really got to the point where I was excited about divorce. I was like, you know what? I don't want to be dishonest with our kids. So if we can't figure out how to have like a great loving marriage, then we say to yeah. them, listen, mommy and daddy were so good at some things. Like we're great at figuring out finances together. Like we make yeah. cute kids and you are smart and we're great co-parents, but relationships, like I hope we learn from you. I hope we learn yeah. from you someday. And we get to yeah. like see good relationships modeled. Cause like we couldn't really figure that out. Yeah. And then when I came from that place where like, I really, really, really meant it. It wasn't an ultimatum. It wasn't anything. It was just like a, like an, like, you know, just an awareness and honesty. Like this, this is where I'm at. I'm no longer willing to live things that aren't true anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, and it, and it was that freedom. I think like that was part of that freedom of you've already had the crack now. So it's like, okay. Right. It's like, right. I, I can't pretend to myself anymore that I'm flawless and perfect. I can't Mm -hmm. like, nope, no, not true. Um, and I can't pretend that with my, my husband yeah. or my kids anymore because our kids saw all of it. And honestly, yeah. I I explained parts of it to them as it was happening, like in age appropriate yeah. ways, because this this is how we can raise a generation yeah. of kids don't who don't have as much to unpack. We all mm-hmm. have confusing situations we live through. If we can have someone, an adult preferably, who can go, wow that was hard. And was that scary? And what do you think about that? Yeah. Process wow, that it. was hard. There we go. But when someone goes, mm-hmm. there's nothing really wrong here. Look around. Look there's around. nothing wrong. Let's keep going. Don't talk about it anymore. Then they're like, wait, every sensor in my whole body was like wrong. No. Er, er. And mm-hmm. when someone just goes, yeah, that was like so wrong. Then they're like, yeah, that's what I thought. Yes. Okay. It just gets filed like a memory. Yeah. It's like trauma. Yep. Trauma is like, you know, yes. memories that can't get filed in the right place, right? Yeah, like that's, that's what I've it. learned. Like, 
I love with um, trauma learning that it's anything like our body can emotionally process. And that way we take the labels and the judgments away. It doesn't, we're not comparing whose stuff is worse. It's like, so yeah, being able to walk through that. And I, that's why just kind of wrapping it up. It's like, I think about how much we're all carrying around, how much we're projecting into these situations, into our marriages. I mean, our marriage is a, any, you know, any relationship is just a perfect opportunity for all of our stuff to come out. And, you know, I just, and like I said, just kind of with your book too, I just, it's so, you, you know, and you said just now too, like you didn't have the hangups with sex. And I think that's why for me, it was so interesting reading it mm-hmm. because there was this freedom of, I definitely have some hangups about it. And I was able to like untangle my hangups throughout the process. I mean, of all these conversations and while reading your book and like to find the goodness in there is just, it's kind of this thing again and again and again, our own, it like comes down to our own stuff working out as your partner does that too. You can build those connections. And I love that idea of the iceberg because with sex, you know, sex is the benefit. You know, the way I've always looked at it is like, I want our, I've always said like, when our kids leave the house, I don't want to just survive being married. Like I want to actually not just even love each other. Mm. I want to like each other, like genuinely like each other too. And isn't it a super benefit? And, you know, we can also have like really good sex and also even better or not like all of it together and also be emotionally fulfilled, but it feels like a pipe dream. It feels too much. But once you start working on it, it's like, it's coming together. I mean, it's really much simpler than most people could imagine. They think like, uh, like it's like a Mount Everest, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's why in 15 to 30 seconds at a time, I just want to say, Hey, have you considered this? Hey, mm-hmm. what about this? Try this. Sign up for my email. Get a couple hundred I'll words, a couple times a week. Yeah, yeah, maybe this, right? Um, just those little like prompts and suggestions. And it's like the same thing with helping teenagers feel like we're all in the same, there's nothing to fight about here. No, no big deal. No big deal. We can all we can yeah. all work this out because actually we're on the same team. Team, yeah. right? Every married couple's on the same team. And it can feel like you're working towards common goals. Nope. You're just coming at it from different angles and you're missing each other and you're missing each other. So that's why I want to give some just, and I mean, some people will love like, um, the, you know, Brene Brown or, um, the Gottman's or love languages, right? Like there are all those things that like, I love, but I'm like, you know what? Let's just start with sex. Let's just talk about, we want to have better sex. Boop. All right. Then these are the things. And also you don't have to wait. Like, that's the whole thing. Like you don't have to have. Like, yes, do the deep work. I highlighted in the book, but you can get some lube and like, let's just get some lube and a sex blanket and get like, get a vibrator and just like, there we go. Things have shifted a little. And then you're feeling better. Right. That's the deal with the next thing. That's the thing. When we, when we experience these tiny successes, then we're just more Mm -hmm. willing to come together. And come together. Sorry. Just, and come can, together. There we go, baby. Just that one. Thank you. Thank you for your book. Thank you for your, the workbook. Thank you for being willing to share your story. I've always, I say this all the time. Not everyone is meant to share their story publicly, but for people yeah. that do, I'm extremely grateful because we all learn so much from everyone's story. And so I just, 
truly thank you. Thank you for sharing today. And I just, you know, I do highly recommend reading your book. I have not read a book in so long and I just like blew through it. And like I said, for me, it's the best bait and switch. So I'm like, guys, there's so much good stuff in here. So yeah, thank you so much. How can people get in touch with you? And of course, get all of your amazing tips. Yeah. Ashley Renard on Instagram. And it's Ashley with tons of extra letters. It's Ashley, which is spelled A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H. So find me on Instagram, um, send me a DM, say hello. I respond to every message. Um, and then you'll see there, I have a newsletter. I have tons of resources. Um, you'll see my link in bio. People could get swing. It's available everywhere. Books are sold. Oh, and I'm not sure when this is going to air, Sam, but keeping the hot, keeping it hot, the workbook is available for pre-order. And it comes out June 14th. If you order before June 14th, you can be entered to win. I'm giving away a super sexy giveaway, a super sexy trip for two. So um, airfare, three nights accommodations, luxury resorts, spending money, and like a like a menu of sexy uh, like excursions that you can pick from with your partner. So. Good. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle where we explore growth and healing through vulnerable conversation. Our hope is that you feel seen and find tools for growing resiliency and tackling your own growth and healing. Be sure to subscribe and check out the VIPs and other resources at samanthaspittle.com. This has been a Spitfire production. Thing I've ever heard.